0: They, yeah. They make something and they provide something that's gonna have potentially like evergreen value, um, and the way that Udemy kind of pitches it, or the way that I've seen like the idea of like creating an online course being pitched, is that like you make it once and it's probably gonna produce some value for you, hands off, right? So oftentimes when you look online and say passive income streams, everyone says like, you know, create a course. guys welcome to product explained a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them i'm your first host jeff lee
1: and i'm your co-host mike alcazarin jeff after 17th grade do you have any appetite to continue going to school I don't think so, man. Uh, Maybe for like weird skills, but I thought about doing business school a few
0: years ago. I know that was around the time that like you were there, but I didn't want to spend a fortune. (laughs) What what (laughs) is
1: business school? Go back to school.
0: But I will say, I think my uh, toxic trait is like buying or subscribing to like online courses and then just never starting them. It's the same trait that I have
1: for buying books every year, about like (laughs) 10 books and then... Don't I'm sure anything. there's a formal Japanese word for that. For like, I don't know what the I, like. I know there's a Japanese word for collecting books and not reading them because I'm guilty of that. I'm sure there's one for collecting oh, online open or, open classes. So, yeah, now I'm a
0: connoisseur. You just you just flip the negative to a positive. <laughs> Today's show, we're talking about Udemy, an online learning platform.
1: So as Jeff mentioned, Udemy is a massively open online course platform. It's a bit of a mouthful, but. That acronym is called MOOC or M-O-O-C. The name is pretty interesting. It's actually a combination of U and Academy, but what Udemy is essentially a platform that enables learners to search and find online classes, and then it offers teachers the ability to make and sell courses. Uh, The primary courses that are available for students typically are job-related skills. So anything from Python to Excel to web development to JavaScript, data science, even AWS, which I thought was super interesting, I'm very curious on what those types of classes <laughs> consist of, but the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Udemy actually claims over 204,000 video courses, which I thought was a very specific marketing number. I don't know why, just just say 200,000. <laughs> like, yeah, 204 or 210, is like, round it up, yeah. Yeah, e- exactly, or two, <laughs> 250. Is that stretching? I don't know. But these courses are taught by quote-unquote real-world experts, and you can learn at your own pace, which I think is super nice. I know I'm like a you know, sometimes a slow learner for concepts. I I definitely struggled with engineering school when it was one size fits all for the approach. So I I appreciate that you can kind of parse things out with an online course, but you also get lifetime access once you purchase a course um, on both mobile and desktop platforms. The broad categories that Udemy has defined um, in terms of their course offerings. I know I, Went through the skills, but some of their categories are design, development, marketing, software, and IT. And Jeff, I don't know if you have the same, uh, you know, hatred of this word, but oh, I hate the word IT. Yeah, same. I hate when people conflate IT and software. Yeah, um, like I, it just, it just, like I'm not an IT person, but i don't know side note
0: recently we're in europe and then somebody was like oh you know what do you guys do and they kind of guess like are you in it that's <laughs> <And I was laughs> like oh yeah we're in software they're like yeah it's really good <laughs> oh my
1: gosh yeah that is like my, one of my biggest pet fees so so annoying um but yeah other categories include personal development business photography and music jeff have you done an online course ever
0: yeah so funny story when i was actually breaking into product i the first thing the the easiest thing is to like look for one of these like ten dollar udemy courses to take and so i I found one um that's i think pretty famous i can't remember off the top of my mind but i remember it's like one of the ones that like everyone has taken at some point and it's like an easy ten dollar intro to pm course man i
1: haven't Uh, taken this am i am i screwing up as a product manager no you don't need
0: you don't need to take it i'm gonna take it You can if you want, Um, but it was nice because it was like, oh, I, you know, here's everything I need to know. Um, Somebody else is teaching it. I I think the trouble for someone like me is that I was never like, as I alluded to earlier in the show, I was never really a book reader. And it's hard for me to like self-pace myself through a book. Sometimes I might pick up like little lessons here and there, but I I like short form and I like somebody like telling me and I I like to like kind of like the apprentice model of learning. Totally. So when somebody was kind of like, you know, when somebody's teaching me in this class, uh, it, it felt like it was I was able to absorb the concepts a lot better and understand what PM was, and that was kind of the first shake at it. That wasn't enough for me to get a job. I think that like PM is one of those things where it's not as like clear cut, like technical skill driven. Where it's like, oh, clearly, if you know how to run a SQL query, you can like learn that from from a Udemy course, for example. Um, so that was a little different. And actually, I think I took a SQL course, um, off Udemy or maybe it was another another nice. platform. Um, so I think those, if I remember correctly, those are the two, but I, I've downloaded everything, man. I've downloaded like, actually, this is a good exercise. Let's open up our (laughs) Udemy, um, it's it's dangerous. You have one and see what we've, what we purchased.
1: And it's just pulling this up for our listeners that aren't familiar. It's like SQL or SQL is essentially a very basic, uh, programming language to access data tables and data sets, Um, relational databases. So it's, uh. I know how to, I, like, I know how to program in SQL, but I hate it. Um, I generally try to avoid all types of programming, um, but right. it's, it's, it's helpful to know the, the general structure. Um, oh, man,
0: it feels bad. I've spent so much money here.
1: And while you're looking that up again, so I looked up the Japanese word for collecting reading materials, but letting them piling up. It's called sundoku with a silent T.
0: Um, okay, so I purchased a bundle. Oh, this one is really famous, I think, but I've never, I never started because it it's like over 200 hours or something. An entire MBA in one course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh this is you know way, way, way. This is in 2017, way before I even considered applying for business school. Ar- Arduino, step by step, your complete guide. The ultimate drawing course. Become a product manager is a course that I purchased. Mm. Uh, probably the one that I actually finished and did. Uh I, I purchased two C Sharp courses. How to draw and sketch was another course I purchased. Um let's see uh it's iOS. Like a- the deep uh, dark secrets of of, of No, Jeff's this is, it's history. really interesting actually. <laughs> iOS uh, app development course, which I never started because I think I needed, like, <laughs> I wasn't able to actually do anything on it. There is like a job search, a career hacking course I purchased. Oh, I purchased a complete SQL bootcamp, which is $28, which I actually used. So I think that one was, that one was helpful. I do you still use a- SQL? Like. I don't use it as much. Um, we have a really awesome data scientist on our team that you know helps us with some of our queries, but I think it is very useful for most PMs. So sometimes I wish I could brush up, but and sometimes I'll, I'll like do a little bit of editing uh, of, yeah. like, of yeah. queries that we already have. Um, That's where so I'm so Python paste, edit <laughs> 2022 Python bootcamp I bought in 2019. Oh, oh, they must just update it every year. And then a, a Figma essential design course. So of those, of all of those. Good Lord. I don't want to look at how much money I've spent here. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's I've probably, a good exercise. <laughs> I have probably actually finished two of these.
1: How much money is it roughly? Just, just looking at it. It's like 20 bucks a course. Maybe
0: 250. Okay. That's not bad. I think if you think about it this way, if I, if I put it this way, that like some combination of those two courses I took maybe led me into a career in product, then that 250 was worth. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's very much a, a shotgun approach
1: yeah for sure i struggle with online classes because i i don't i don't do well um i'm not self-motivated
0: let's talk about that a little bit because so after i took this initial course i was like oh this gives me a nice background into what product is and then what i did there which is something i don't necessarily recommend for everyone to do is i said okay the next thing to do is to pay for and attend a boot camp and Everyone thinks that you could just like take an online course or yeah, pay for a bootcamp and then get get a job in product, which is definitely not the case. More for me was I wanted a, a classroom setting. Like I wanted totally. to be able to like go in to a class in person, talk to an instructor that is in the field, ask some questions. It was I wouldn't say networking, but more so like telling myself that I can actually do this in a live setting versus like um you know in in theory. And I think that was a really eye-opening experience for me. I think it's very expensive. Like, I wouldn't recommend it for a lot of people. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to do this. But I will just say that um, that helped me really confirm that I could do this job. And it kind of, like, set off this, like, you know, couple-year transition into product. So, yeah, ultimately, I think that it was, like, worth it for me. Um, And it, like, allowed me to take that next step um, instead of trying to leap from no product experience into, like, applying for product jobs but I think it's it varies person to person. There's definitely other ways to, like, break into product
1: management. Totally. But, yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, it's funny because, like, you and I were, like, and I use you as a case study and a counterpoint when people talk to me about getting an MBA specifically to go to product. I'm, like, mm-hmm. well, like, my buddy Jeff and I, like, we both wanted to become product managers and started at the same time. And I went to B school and Jeff did a different route of, like, trying to make internal transfers. and making yeah. it in just like the little hops and then little stepping stones versus like a step function and i feel like within like three months of each other we got product manager jobs if not like senior product manager jobs like so it was almost like you know perfect like convergence and like i think there's more more than one way to get to yeah where you absolutely. need to go yeah um, there's multiple doors into product for sure
0: but i i think that like the point being is that like that is more it's field dependent. Like I would say that there's definitely things that you can learn in Udemy that will give you a really good baseline um, of skills. And I think a whole job like product is kind of difficult because it's not like, it's not like you can condense it into a course or even like a program. Like that's, this is why like a lot of the schools that try to like offer product management degrees, like it doesn't really float very well because it's you know, it's like a leadership position, and then you you have people that are like working with you, and it requires some level of experience. So sometimes it's hard, yeah, uh, to be like, oh, I I'm, I'm now trusting this like 22 year old kid <laughs> to make product decisions. Yeah. So I think he, that's where he took it, a six week boot camp. He's yeah, good. he's he's
1: awesome, he's great. But <laughs> go make a ten million dollar decision.
0: <laughs> but there's an objective or binary, like yes or no. You know this when it comes to something like SQL. Like you know, there's yeah. a, maybe like a couple ways to run a query. Optimal versus suboptimal, just like there is in coding, but like you can very clearly see, like, did they accomplish the goal? So I think that's definitely different when it comes to like certain skills. So that's where I like, I like courses, like self taught courses. Like it's going to allow you to teach you a really rough baseline of skills for you to build off of. And then from there, you can like do enough to start exploring on your own, whether it's like getting into communities or like asking other people in forums or talking to your peers. Like, for example, like Figma, like if you've never touched Figma, how do you draw a line? <laughs> How do you like <laughs> yep. create prototypes, add in interactions, maybe even like comment and share? Like things like that. It's like something like Udemy course is really, really great to get you started.
1: Yeah, totally. And like my experience with online classes is pretty limited. I've I've taken a game theory class, but I think to your point, it was very specific set of skills that I wanted to get out of that. I wanted to like get better at making decisions. And so that was like one of like the small tools, skills like within my tool, like Tool belt that I could use. It mm. wasn't necessarily like the entire belt of like, this is my entire career. Um, yeah. So it makes sense. Talking quickly about the customer experience for, for Udemy. So, uh, like any marketplace where you're searching, uh, Udemy surfaces four primary things when you're searching it's a star rating out of five, how many people rated the class, how much it costs, and then how many hours the class will take. So, just as an example here, I have this beginner to pro in Excel. Um, it's 4.6 stars with 180,000 students takes about 16 and a half hours to complete and costs $25, but has strike-through pricing of $140. So you feel like you're getting a deal. Jeff and I were talking about Amazon's second Prime Day and how sometimes you just feel like you're getting a deal because of the strike-through pricing. Um, But if you're taking a look at the actual class and what the customer experience looks like there is it's going to have course content. So think of it as like a syllabus where it's like, Hey, these are the 10 to 20 different modules that you'll have. Um, you can take them. They're like three minutes or four minutes or however long that you can download as well as some complementary takeaway materials that you can come download and, you know, print or have on your mobile phone as, you know, you're not actually like watching a video. You're looking at a PDF as a supplement. You can also see the reviews of the instructors. So, a lot of these instructors have multiple courses um, that they offer, so you can see like the total like reviews that that specific instructor has, the number of ratings, all their students, and then click on more specific courses that they they have. So the same example that I used above was done by this company called Three Hundred Sixty Five Careers, and they had a really big course offering. They had eighty three courses that have been viewed by over two million students, which was a uh, pretty cool to see that scale and yeah i think that's the the, you know (laughs) the customer experience in a nutshell it's you know you find a class and then you you take the class in in the simplest terms uh switching gears to the business model so uh udemy recently went public via an ipo or and they're not yet profitable um which i think is an important like (laughs) like Mm -hmm. undertone to to -hmm. to, to mention but they have some like really big revenue so in 2020, they had $430 million in revenue, um, so almost a half a billion, which is pretty crazy. The Trace Commons Club, they're, they're coming after you. But that's a 56% year-over-year growth that they had going from 2019 to 2020, which I will take a stab. It's probably due to pandemic growth there. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, Udemy's a marketplace, so the instructor is going to set the price for each course, and the student gets lifetime access. And then Udemy takes a cut of this. I couldn't figure out what the cut is that Udemy is taking. But Udemy also offers some subscription offerings, so if you're a regular user, you can pay $30 a month and you get access to only 5,000 of those 204,000 classes, so not every class, but it's interesting if you're taking a lot of these classes and you know just want to do the buckshot approach to putting some skills under your, under your belt. What I do think is the most interesting for Udemy, though, and Jeff, I'd love to get your take on this, is um, the enterprise subscriptions. I feel like this has a huge potential to be Udemy's cash cow because... If you have all like, and basically what this is, is Udemy offers like businesses. So think of like a fortune 100, or fortune 1000 company can pay Udemy per employee that signs up to join Udemy and have access to a certain set of courses. So imagine like you're a, a big company X and you have a finance department, you could have like, you know, level. you could help level up your employees and, you know, things that will hopefully make them more productive like Excel. Uh, so I think it's super interesting, like, you know, win-win for Udemy and whatever this company is. But it, that's about $360 per year per user. But I think it's super interesting from a business perspective because I think that's where the real revenue will <laughs> will come into play for Udemy.
0: Yeah, I I think this is really interesting. I'm actually really surprised that they're not as profitable as we would expect um, because they're not, like there are some businesses that are like have thin margins, right? Like usually like we talk about gig, gig economy as one of those things. Uh, where there's like a lot of players both on the gig worker side as well as like the partnership side like all the restaurants et cetera, that you're working with um, but Udemy seems to be like I guess like maybe like you can consider the source like the actual instructors and they get a cut so Udemy gets a cut and then maybe when you kind of like keep slicing the peanut a little bit there's not, not much left for Udemy but I'm still a little surprised I feel like there's like it, it feels like once you make a course once and you can you can just sell it infinitely like It almost seems like not a paper printing machine or a money printing machine, but one that you could really get some serious revenue out of. So I just I'm a little shocked that they weren't super profitable. Um, I will say that I definitely agree. Like, I think enterprise is usually a really good play. We see this with like LinkedIn Learning, for example, like they've pretty much hyper targeted companies a bit. which is funny because I think that as an individual learner, I would never go to LinkedIn Learning. They, like, the <laughs> courses just seem too generic, right? Uh, but yeah, this is actually I good agree. Because, yeah. Like Udemy is good because it's taught by like experts, like individual experts that are like that course it out and teach a course here. So I, I think there's like a slight difference in, in target audience. But um, yeah, I wouldn't go to LinkedIn Learning, for example, for like how to draw. But I would go to Udemy <laughs> for, like, how to draw, which, you know, I never learned it, but I, I purchased a course <laughs> on it. <laughs>
1: but if I did, I swear. <laughs> like-
0: yeah. Cool. Let's chat about the history of the product. So originally it was founded by two folks, Aaron Bali and Oktay Ka- Kaglar. And they started Udemy by building just, like, a virtual classroom product uh, while they were living in Turkey in 2007. I want to say that, like, around this time, we're starting to see education and technology starting to blend a lot more for example like universities were adopting things like blackboard and other services to kind of help facilitate the administrative parts of running a classroom but this Man, is purely like what an awful tool <laughs> like, i
1: hated blackboard so yeah. much it's not good
0: but i mean like you know that was like, the pinnacle
1: of tech in 2007 so yeah, I, yeah there was like
0: more and more technology getting uh, injected and in, in, into into education so i think this was like In 2007 maybe like a fledgling space like maybe earlier than this all i can think about is like turnitin.com which is pretty incredible for its time like in high school we had it which is maybe like 2004 to 2008 or so but you know there wasn't that much innovation in this space uh, in education It, it was hard to see that if there was any value um in education Anyways, so in 2010, they, um, they were kind of like rejected about 30 times for funding because, you know, people didn't see the value in it. And they actually decided to bootstrap the product and they launched Udemy, which, as Mike alluded to, was named as, you know, Academy of You. They launched it in May of 2010. So they actually had a ton of success initially. They had attracted 1,000 instructors, uh, which produced about 2,000 courses and had about 10,000 users in a matter of months. Um, Which is really good growth, especially considering that people were like, oh, this is not going to, you know, produce any revenue for you. And that led to about um, the the first initial round of funding, which is about $1 million. I want to kind of touch on this a little bit, which is like, this is still, I wouldn't say early, early days in the internet, but like a lot of people weren't seeing the internet as a valuable revenue stream or only early people were seeing internet as a valuable revenue stream. And what you're seeing now is like, content creators, right? They yeah they make something and they provide something that's gonna have potentially like evergreen value. Um and the way that Udemy kind of pitches it or the way that I've seen like the idea of like creating an online course being pitched is that like you make it once and it's probably gonna produce some value for you hands off, right? So oftentimes when you look online and say passive income streams, everyone says like, you know, create a course or something like that. Or like Totally create a digital product and sell it and then, you know, try to make money, even if it's like a $5, like a month, like it's, it's free money, essentially. So I think this is where there's probably a lot of people that are like, Oh, I could do this. Like I'm, I could like, I'm an expert in some field. I probably have some niche, uh, you know, I- information that I could share or instructions that I can share or experience that I can share and I can make some side money on it. So I think that part of the psychology, um, of this, what I'll call like pseudo marketplace is really interesting. Because, yeah, like create it people, once, make
1: money forever. Like,
0: Yeah, if you're someone who's like, I can't make a product, like a physical product, I'm not a software developer, I can't make an app, but I can make a course. And a course just requires some knowledge and maybe PowerPoint, and you're off and running, right? So I think that's like a pretty critical part to Udemy's business model, which I think probably was uh, underrated in terms of people initially looking at this opportunity of like, oh, is, you know, online marketplaces for uh, educational Class is going to be successful. So totally. over a long time, I guess that was about 10 years, they raised, obviously, several million dollars uh, over several rounds. And the most recent funding round was $50 million, uh, which landed them at a $3.25 billion valuation in late 2020. And as Mike mentioned, they had IPO'd, so they IPO'd in 2021. Circling back a little bit, they had launched their iOS and Android apps in 2013 and 2014, respectively. I think this is really interesting because, obviously you know, one thing that we talked about, I think in a previous episode was having the luxury of mobile services on the go. So you can imagine that people might be just gonna say
1: that (laughs) on the
0: bus on the on the subway, like doing a quick course on Udemy, just like pick up some skills or like learn about something uh, to spend their time. The same thing goes for like educational podcasts, like sometimes you might be listening uh, on your ride in just to like, use that time instead of like sleeping or, you know, playing Candy Crush, like learning something new. So I think this is a really strong play for them as they probably recognize that more and more people were taking courses on the go. In 2015, they uh they announced or kind of mentioned that their top 10 instructors made more than wow. 17 million dollars in total revenue, which is mind-blowing. Very likely this is like one of those, you know, skewed bell curves where <laughs> you know some instructors make most of the revenue. I wonder how this would compare to it's not the same kind of money as YouTube money obviously, but you know, for someone that just like puts together a course and maintains a course, that's really really good money. I, obviously, I would assume that you know, the top 3 instructors make way more uh, compared to the average, but let's assume that this is on average, so each of these instructors makes like made about 1.7 million dollars by making an online course. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. Um in 2015, as well, they were actually accused of publishing and profiting from pirated courses, Yikes. Um, which prompted a response from uh, a CEO, Dennis Yang, uh, the CEO at the time, Dennis Yang, saying like, "No, this this isn't true." But you know, I, I'm not surprised. Like, it's a platform that anybody can go and upload. We've talked about the same thing with YouTube. Like, how do you stop potentially like millions of people from creating accounts and just like uploading, re-uploading existing content uh,
1: that someone else has created? So yeah, part of the business, I suppose. Totally. I think a couple things there, like, um, I think in general, like, tech companies around 2007 to 2012 were really at, like, the pinnacle of, like, when computing started to shift from just dedicated desktop to being much more, like, mobile, and it was, like, blurred, Mm -hmm. and people were like, hey, like, do we have to like, cause people didn't even consider building for mobile back then. It was just like, are we going to build a desktop and then have like a website that people can go on to? And now yeah. it's just like a no brainer. Like we have to go mobile, but I feel like there was that weird transition period between 2007, and 2010, and even 2014. Cause I guess this is when the iOS and Android apps were getting <laughs> made by, by Udemy. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is the writer, Kevin Kelly, he's a technologist Futurist, he has an article that's really good called "A Thousand True Fans." And so he talks about like if you want to do like a have any business and, and get get it off the ground, is all you need to find is a thousand people that will rave about your product and, and run with it. So I mean, just taking UDB's math, like mm. if you find a thousand people, that's fifteen dollars, and then you basically have to find them every single month, but that's fifteen thousand dollars a month. You know, so not a bad like yeah. revenue stream to, <laughs> to to retire off of. We can talk about who Udemy is for. I think, Jeff, you talked about the, obviously, for the instructor side, you know, you can make money off of like your specific skills. So, like, hey, if you're a whiz at Excel, like, go make a bunch of Excel courses or same thing for like SQL or name your like programming language. Or if, hey, like, I'm a really good sketch artist and I want to monetize that, I'll create a Udemy course. On the flip side, for anyone that's really looking to upskill, I think that this is like an important nuance when people are looking for jobs, especially to job switch, like going from different titles. So like, so going mm-hmm. from like engineer, like Jeff and I did to product manager, I think, you know, there, I was reading a good Quora article when I was researching this, but it basically describes two people in an interview. So someone is talking about all like person A is talking about all the classes that they took and all the skills that they know, like, Hey, like I took an SQL class and I took a block class and a programming class and another block class. This is all the things that I know. And that's cool. But then person B is like hey i built this thing on the weekend and i have this real project that i launched and i did all these things and they actually have something that they shipped and that's more tangible of a story that they can tell of impact that they drove and the the you know parable or the the crux of the story is that the the latter person B got the job because they weren't just like a you know they it wasn't just a collection of what they could do it's like they actually did something and they proved mm-hmm. that they, they they shipped something and were able to do that so i think there's like a a really important nuance in like, you know, you have to find that right balance of upskilling because I think that is super important to keep your skills fresh and always be learning, but you also have to, you know, actually apply those. Apply, yeah, exactly. I think that, and that's, that's something that gets missed when a lot of people talk to me about like, Hey, how do I become a PM? You know, can I just take this certification or like what certifications do I need to be a PM? I'm like, well, I don't think you need any. I think you just need to go do things right. that are like are related. So, um, but yeah, that's like a little like side note for who you to be is for is generally for people that are upskilling.
0: Yeah, kind of like one last thing I'll comment on that is um, when people ask me about breaking into product, I often tell them like the stack rank of important skills or I guess like the criteria for like breaking into product in terms of like what I would consider most least important or most impactful or least impactful is one is obviously direct experience as a PM, which is obviously the hardest to get if you're breaking in. Second is indirect experience, like if you work with a PM on a team. Uh, and you know exactly what they do or you've partnered with them and see how they operate. Uh, then the third is like potentially like side projects where you could mm-hmm. moonlight as a PM or oftentimes like early entrepreneurs do this. So they are like, I'm creating a product. Um, so I have to like do all this stuff. Uh, I might even be building it too. So they're also moonlighting as like an engineer or something else. If, if it's a physical product, like they're, they're actually creating it or manufacturing it. And then like fourth on that list is like some sort of education, uh, around like what it might be like to to be a pm and then lastly is like no experience at all <laughs> so like people think that people get it flipped like people are like oh totally. if I get a certificate like it's number one right i'm, I'm like, in no yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's usually like the last thing that you can do and there's other things to to consider so i often tell people like the easier thing to do is like you know if you can't get number one which is a direct pm experience can you get really really close to number two can you transition internally to a role where you're working alongside a PM or if you're, can you do a lateral change to another company where you're working near a PM? Just get closer and closer to that because that's going to be much more valuable than like spending your time
1: doing a course or something like that. But that's
0: specifically for products. So,
1: My last like, you know, like uh, sage wisdom here is like, I love the Teddy Roosevelt quote uh, from his speech called the man in the arena, which is quote, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer or deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, blah, 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 um, but who actually strives to do the deeds. Um, So I I think that's like a really good quote. It's not the person talking about it. It's the person that's actually doing it that, you know, is, you know, is what matters.
0: Very poetic, Mike. Um, I try my best. So just really quickly talking about other competitors that are kind of like in this ed tech space. It's absolutely exploded, obviously. Um, I'll talk about a few here. So Coursera is one that comes to mind. Um, They're very similar, except that instead of like individuals to the masses, they have partnered more with like universities and professors that are more credentialed. Um, LinkedIn Learning, we talked about. It's more geared towards companies and maybe more broad-based learning. There's companies like edX and Skillshare, I think we all probably have known or heard of Khan Academy, um, especially learning like individual micro skills and then master class, which I think people have called master class,
1: um, man. We have that it, the, our episode that we did inspired me to uh, ask for that for my birthday. And I've I've taken like probably one master class per month. And they're incredible. Oh, wow.
0: Nice, yeah. I still haven't. <laughs> I'm still that uh, <laughs> that guy that like am collecting classes and not and not using them. Uh, but yeah, masterclass, which like some people will call like e- uh, edutainment <laughs> because there's usually some famous person there. But I there's feel attacked, there Yeah, welcome, welcome to my TED talk, but in packaging a masterclass. Let's jump into our thoughts. So I'm happy to start. I think what's really awesome about you to me is that this really unlocks this. I guess like mentor mentee or like apprentice model of learning, where you get somebody that's just really honed their craft and become really efficient at it, and then they have created a, like a nice packaged way for you to like get maybe not like super experience, but like get to some level of experience that you it would be much harder to do on your own. So they're kind of like they've shortcut a lot of, a lot of the stuff where you know, the things that are hard to learn, they might explain it in a certain way or might, they might be like, oh, I realize that like this is really difficult for people to grasp. So I'm going to spend more time at this. And you also get access to the instructors oftentimes, like you can actually DM them, which is really cool. Um, so uh, in my opinion, I, th- I think like Udemy has really nailed the head here on this like individual like one to many sort of uh, business model, whereas like I don't quite see the same as like LinkedIn learning or even Coursera doing this quite as much this is like, to me, like Udemy is like the YouTube of, uh, yep. of edu- of, not edutainment of, of, uh, of ed tech <laughs> where like you or I could create a Udemy course today. Um, whereas it's much harder to do that on any of these other platforms. So, um, I'm going to give them probably like a 4.1. It's like above a four for me because it's one that I have obviously used. Um, but I think where I struggle a little bit is, uh, understanding, like, I think there's still like, that's half learning is like half of it. Application is the other half, I'm not necessarily saying that this is, like their prerogative, right? But um, I wonder if they could do more to get users to actually like apply. Like, how do you actually do like do a sample of this or do I, they have assignments, right? But I think it still kind of misses the mark a little bit in terms of like how do I prove to other people that I have this skill set? And the other thing is like I think a lot of these other competitors, while they don't do this exact thing of like one to many or individuals to many or individuals to the masses they are pretty good in their niche. So like Coursera is very strong in the, hey, I don't want to go for a full business degree. I want to take one business course from somebody um, area. LinkedIn Learning has like kind of dominated the corporate learning kind of market. <laughs> right. Um, you know, Khan Academy for like micro learning. Like how do you learn about one small concept, like multiplication or, and then like Masterclass for like this sort of uh, like edutainment or like uh, superstar to many. me, Jeff. God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. But it's more like, you know, superstar to many. Uh, learning, So I, I think it's good. I, I'll leave it right above a four. So a
1: 4.1. Yeah, it's going to come a little bit lower for me just because I, I don't use and I've never used Udemy. So I'm going to say a 3.9. I like all the ideas of like upscaling and all of this. But honestly, hmm. like whenever I've needed to find some specific skill, I just go to YouTube. It's probably not as effective because it's just like super high level, but I like to be in the practice. But one thing I had in terms of like an idea is like, if you had a drawing course, for example, and then one of the outputs of the class was, hey, publish this on Behance, which is an port- online portfolio. Like that could be really cool. Um, or for us, like if we had like a product explain Udemy course, we would say, like, hey, publish this thing to like GitHub or like create a portfolio. And mm-hmm. so then you have this like takeaway thing that say, hey, not only did I do this course, but like I participated in this thing and now I have a community. I think that is something that is interesting. And if I was like looking at Udemy, um, that might be something interesting to integrate from a product perspective. but. I don't want to muddy the waters there. Cool. Well, I hope you learned something, audience. Um, those are our thoughts on Udemy. Uh, this podcast was free, and <laughs> we love to continue hearing from your audience. Um, Jeff and I usually record a couple episodes per per weekend, so we can launch these once a once a week. And you know, I think half of the ones we're recording today are actually from. Uh, people that have reached out to us on Instagram. So we really, yeah. really appreciate when folks reach out and say, hey, go go review this product. So please keep re- reaching out to us. Let us know what you uh, what you thought, what you liked about this episode. It really means a lot to us and helps us get discovered by other folks. But you can find us on social media at ProdX Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast.
0: Yeah, and of course, um, if you like the show, it'd be really helpful to us if you actually go in and like it. I know some folks even wrote us reviews on um, on Spotify, which we're obviously on. Um, so please do that. go in, give us likes on uh, likes and reviews on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcasts. We're also on good pods. And also like Mike mentioned, like drop us some suggestions on what products we should read next. See you next episode.